Senna is trying to go through on the inside, and it's happened immediately. This is amazing. Welcome to the first episode of the Dirty Air F1 podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Kane. Thanks for joining me today. Get in there, Lewis. What an awesome drive, mate. I'm Matthew Kane, and thank you so much for tuning into the very first episode of the Dirty Air F1 podcast. To get things started, I thought I would tell you a little bit about myself. I've been a fan of Formula One now for 45 years. The first race I ever attended was actually in 1991, when I had the chance to meet not only Gerhard Berger, but also Ayrton Senna. But you'll have to wait for another episode for that story. I have spent my whole life dreaming of being a part of Formula One. First, as a driver, and uh, that is no longer in the cards, but uh, just in some way, I always just wanted to be involved in Formula One, be around it. It's been such a huge part of my life, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. So here I am, at 48 years of age, starting a podcast. So uh, I want to thank all of you for listening and, and being a part of this, because this is a, is a pretty big day for me. I feel like finally, for the first time in my life, I'm truly a part of Formula One. I've spent the last few months uh, researching podcasting, the equipment that's necessary, uh, different techniques, et cetera, et cetera, and I keep coming back to just one thing. It doesn't matter how many times I write out a script or I write bullet points out. I just want to talk. So uh, this may not be as clean or as edited as some of the other polished podcasts out there. But uh, what you're going to get is you're going to get me. And imagine we're standing face-to-face at a Grand Prix and we're just talking about F1. That, that's, that's my goal for this podcast. It sort of reminds me of every year uh, that I go to the Canadian Grand Prix, I choose to go camping about 20 minutes south of the city. And it's amazing how many people you meet from all around the world during that weekend in that campsite. And so here we are. We're camping. We're in the campground. And we're just talking F1. Be sure to uh, stick around to the end of the video because I'm planning on including some of my bloopers or my outtakes during these recordings because already they're, they're pretty funny. So <laughs> I hope you enjoy them. Anyways, enough about me. Let's, uh, let's get up to speed with all that has transpired in the F1 offseason. There are still 10 teams competing for the championship this year, although a couple of them have been renamed or rebranded. The team uh, formerly known as Renault will now be known as Alpine Racing. And the team formerly known as Racing Point is now known as the Cognizant uh, Aston Martin team. Despite the Williams team being sold to Doralton Capital, they'll remain uh, Williams Racing, which I think was a really classy thing to do. Uh, Hard to believe that this will be the first time that the Williams family will not be a part of a Grand Prix weekend since 1976. McLaren have now switched engines 
from Renault to Mercedes and will be known as McLaren Mercedes once again. Alfa Romeo, Haas F1, Ferrari, Alfa Tari, Red Bull, Honda, and Mercedes AMG remain unchanged. Significant to note this year that uh, the Alpine racing car is the only car on the grid now with the Renault engine. The Ferrari-powered cars continue to be, obviously, the main team, Scuderia Ferrari and uh, Haas F1 and Alfa Romeo. Mercedes are now uh, supplying engines to McLaren, Williams, and Aston Martin. This is the last year for Honda in Formula One, and uh, it's uh, come to light that they have actually brought the 2022 engine that they had planned on using forward a year. So expect huge gains from the uh, the Honda engine this year, and uh, I expect them to be on at least par with the Mercedes. If all things go to plan, it looks like we're going to have a 23-race schedule, and just like last year, we will not be starting in Melbourne. We will instead be starting in Bahrain, and the date for that weekend is uh, this upcoming March 26th to 28th. Melbourne has been rescheduled to November 19th to the 21st, and the season finale is to take place in Abu Dhabi, December 10th to the 12th. Important to note that the first Saudi Arabian Grand Prix will actually take place just before that, uh, December 3rd through 5th. All right, let's move on to some of the movement in the driver's market. Remaining at Mercedes-AMG is seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton, and he will continue to partner Valtteri Bottas. At Red Bull, we have Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. As many of you may know, Alexander Albon was not retained after last year, and he is now doing some work in uh, DTM, but uh, obviously there for a reserve basis and is attending every Grand Prix, I understand. Ferrari will have uh, Charles Leclerc, and Carlos Sainz has now moved to the team, replacing Sebastian Vettel. Seb moves on to the cognizant uh, Aston Martin team, and will partner Lance Stroll. Two-time world champion Fernando Alonso is returning to F1 and will be driving with Alpine Racing alongside Esteban Ocon. George Russell will continue to pair with Nicholas Latifi at Williams Racing. Alfa Romeo's driver pairing remains the same with Antonio Giovinazzi and the legendary Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi returning for his 19th season in Formula One. Absolutely astonishing. And he's still blindingly fast. McLaren's drivers this year will be Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. I think a lot of us were hesitant at this announcement because we will miss the Carlos-Lando bromance, but uh, I think uh, he's going to get along just fine with Daniel. Alpha Tori Honda will use Pierre Gasly, who of course won for them in Monza last year, and rookie Japanese sensation Yuki Tsunoda. Considering Honda's huge push this year for their final year in F1, it was no surprise that Sonoda got the seat over Kvyat. Uh, unfortunately, for, like I said, for Sonoda, he's only going to have about three days in the car before lights out in Bahrain. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the first few races of the season. Especially when you consider, I mean, he obviously has a pretty big benchmark in Pierre Gasly, who's a, is a real big talent. Haas F1 have two new drivers this year. Gone are Romain Grosjean, who's gone to Indy, and Kevin Magnussen, who just became a father for the first time. In are Nikita Mazepin from Russia and the son of seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher, Mick Schumacher. Amazing to have the Schumacher name back in F1. It's been 30 years since his dad first debuted. 
And uh, Nick winning the F3 title last year, I think we're all excited to see how he progresses. I think the Haas car and its performance this year will give him a little bit of leeway and sort of give him a chance to learn his craft, learn the circuits, and I'm sure he'll be getting a little bit of help along the way from those who know his father. Mazepin enters uh, F1 on a completely different uh, microscope. He got into some trouble uh, shortly after signing for the team with some social media posts that he had made. And then it was his uh, handling of the outlash or backlash afterwards that uh, also sort of turned people off. So he has those pressures. He has being a Formula One driver as a pressure. And also he has the fact that his father is the main sponsor on the car. So there'll be a lot of eyes watching uh, Mazepin this season and how he performs. So there's your driver lineup for 2021. Now let's get to some of the, the new rule changes by the FIA. In an effort to not only slow the cars down and make them a little bit safer, the FIA have reduced some of the, uh, the floor area on the F1 cars, as well as some of the aerodynamic pieces that were allowed to be used uh, on the rear diffuser. The rear diffuser is the uh, portion of the car that sits right underneath the, the rear wing. The changes to the floor are quite noticeable, especially uh, right before the rear wheel. This is usually the section that gets completely destroyed when, uh, when a car has a tire failure. And you see the rubber flapping around still on the rim. The, the portion of the floor that that rubber normally hits has now been eliminated. The effect of that is obviously reducing downforce, thus grip, and uh, slowing the cars down. But also, if you think about it, if these cars are going to have a high-speed uh, high blowout, it's safer that the, uh, the tire is not also uh, coming into contact with the portion of the car. Not to mention the floor, which, as we know, it has such a huge effect on how the car behaves and handles, and it can create a, a seriously unsafe situation. As always, the engineers are looking for a way to get around the new rules. So to compensate for the, the, the lack of downforce that they're losing there in the rear of the car, you're going to notice huge differences to the engine covers and the barge boards, which is the part on the side of the car. The cars definitely look uh, a lot more tapered, a lot narrower uh, towards the back of the car, and I'm excited to see how these cars perform. And the good news is we're only a few days away. Testing is this Friday. Can you believe it? Something that uh, I, ju I did just learn a couple days ago was that Pirelli have made a significant change to their tires. They've added approximately 400 grams of weight uh, to help improve structural integrity and rigidity. This would obviously affect the front tires more than the rear since they're smaller. But any time that a, a tire manufacturer is speaking like this, what they're talking about is just obviously improving the structural integrity of the tire, which means less flex. Less flex means less grip, and less grip means slower speeds. It's still too early to predict how this will affect times in general. And to be honest, I don't know if Bahrain will provide any clearer of a picture for us. I just leave it up to the engineers and, of course, to the drivers. Um, they somehow always manage to find a way to close that gap, don't they? I think we've, uh, I think we've gotten up to speed. What do you think? I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a huge day for me, and I am truly grateful that you were part of it. Be sure to check out episode two, where I make my 2021 F1 predictions. And in episode three, when I discuss what may happen if those predictions come true. I will also be doing an episode uh, about the testing in Bahrain coming up this weekend, so look for that for sure. 
if you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and favorite and all that good stuff. And, and be sure to check me out on social media. I'm uh, dirty underscore F1 on Twitter and the Dirty Air F1 podcast on Instagram. I hope everyone stays safe and uh, I'll see you in episode two. Have a great day. Oh my God. What did you just do? Oh my God, guys, we did it again. Oh my God, yes. All right, where am I here? Oh, I'm recording. Hold on. For how much longer Giovinazzi is going to stay on that? One has to wonder how much longer. Uh... I don't think this is working. One must wonder how much longer Giovinazzi is going to stay in the Ferrari farm. Where I want to work. Ferrari farm. Where everything's just a big Ferrari. That'd be great. I am stupid. I am stupid. I think that's a podium, mate. I think that's a podium. Giovinazzi is uh, he's a Ferrari farm driver who's a what's a farm driver? What's a Ferrari farm driver? You know what? That's a farm I want to work on. I want to work on the Ferrari farm. <laughs>